Welcome to Invited In, a podcast connecting the global family of Samaritan's Purse. As we celebrated the 50th anniversary last week, we wanted to share Franklin's devotion in our episode today. Today's episode is a wonderful time of remembrance and testimony of what God has done over the years and how He has built the ministry. Franklin acknowledged the goodness and the favor of the Lord in the way that he always called the right people to accomplish the work. Let me just, uh, you know, we, th- this week we've been talking about uh, the 50th anniversary. And so this morning we'll just have kind of a, a special time of uh, remembrance. Uh, we just got back from uh, Saipan and Guam. Uh, those are two islands out in the Pacific and the Mariana Islands. Uh, Saipan is where Jane's father was wounded during the war, uh, 2nd Marine Division. Uh, 30,000 Japanese died on that island. Uh, around uh, 2,000 Americans were killed and thousands were wounded along with Jane's father. And then Guam, uh, Tommy Coombs, the Tommy Coombs Praise Band, his father was severely wounded on Guam. And then Marcia Skidmore, who sings, uh, her father... Uh, was wounded on uh, Guam as well. And so we had an opportunity to go and preach the gospel there. There had never been an evangelistic event on either Saipan or Guam. And um, the churches, I think uh, Saipan had like uh, 43 churches, and I think we had 40 of them behind us. Uh, Two, for whatever reason, um, thought maybe we were too worldly or something, I don't know. Uh, then we had, uh, in Guam, I think there's like uh, 46 churches, and I think we had 43 of the 46 churches behind us. But it was uh, a great, there were great meetings. Uh, many people got saved. Uh, thousands came. And uh, it was just, uh, it was exciting. Uh, Samaritan's Purse, uh, 50 years. I was um, in high school when Bob Pierce started. Uh, Samaritan's Purse, he, of course, he founded World Vision. And um, uh, Bob did not have a, a wife that supported him. And I'm so grateful for my wife, Jane, who has supported me when I said, I'm going to go to Africa. How long will you be gone? I'll be gone probably three weeks. Okay, see you when you get back. Um, and never complained. Like, you know, why are you leaving now? You know, it's going to be a, supposed to snow next week. And or, you know, the kids have the flu. She always gave me freedom uh, to travel. And I think of Kenny Isaacs, uh, his wife Carolyn, same thing. Uh, never complained. Uh, just, uh, if you're going to be gone for a while, um, I'll take care of the fort while you're gone. So Bob didn't have that. He had a wife who uh, was always um, um, negative. And uh, he was going to be gone. Why are you going to be gone so long? You're taking care of children all around the world, but you're not taking care of your own children. And would put a guilt trip on him, that kind of thing. So his home life was not good. There was tension always. And um, so Bob uh, eventually had a nervous breakdown, uh, had to resign from World Vision uh, because of his health, and um, was in a hospital in... uh, uh, a place in Switzerland when his oldest daughter Sharon called and said, Daddy, I need you to come home. Baby, I can't. Uh, The doctors won't let me. Please, Daddy, come home. I can't, baby. Well, the next day she took her life. And uh, so Bob had some some difficult issues 
that he had to deal with in his own personal life. And then he developed leukemia. And so um, in the mid-70s, about 74, I met Bob. And I appreciate the fact that Bob saw something in me and he felt that I should be the one to take over the organization. Now, the organization, again, was Bob and three secretaries. Not a whole lot of organization. And the organization was basically Bob working out of a, his briefcase. And so, you know, as a young guy finishing up here at Appalachia State, I took off uh, with Dick Furman on my uh, spring break, and we went to New Guinea together. And you saw that picture earlier of Bob Pierce, myself, and Dick Furman standing in front of an airplane. Well, that was uh, taken in, in Papua New Guinea. And uh, so Dick and I uh, traveled with Bob on that vacation. Then I took another trip with Bob, uh, with my brother-in-law, and went around the world. But I've had an incredible opportunity uh, at Samaritan's Purse to work with an incredible group of people, okay? Um, you. And many of the people that, that came to be with me in the early days are still with me. And I'm just thankful for that team of men and women uh, that, that have been faithful, uh, faithful to the Lord, faithful to the ministry, and who excel in excellence, okay? And um, so I thank God for my wife, Jane, for my family. Um, Will is here today, and Sissy, Corey. Um, Edward is with Dick Furman. Uh, they're dedicating a hospital today in Bangladesh. I uh, tried to call Edward a few minutes ago. Dad, I can't talk right now. Dick's speaking, so I'll call you later. He had to hang up. But uh, they were uh, dedicating a hospital in uh, Bangladesh. But had a brother-in-law, Ted Dinert, who was on the board of Samaritan's Purse. Uh, Guy Davidson, who was a member of the board and came to work here for a while. Ted was a great help to me in those early days. A great encouragement, Guy Davidson. And then, of course, Dick and Lowell Furman. Uh, when we came to Boone, we didn't have an office. And Dick and Lowell said, well, we're building an upstairs because our roof leaks, so we're going to put an upstairs to it. And we'll just put offices in there, and you can have that. And that's how uh, we came to Boone. So, I mean, I was here already going to school at Appalachia State. And then God brought Dick Furman and Lil Furman into my life. And what great friends uh, they, they were. And great supporters of the work. And, of course, this building is called the Furman Building and recognizing their contribution to the work. But the people, you, the staff, would not be able to do what we do if it wasn't for the people, the men and women that God has brought into the ministry. And I think of um, people like Becky Williams, who um, had a stack of doctors I was calling. And I hated calling doctors because they wouldn't return your phone call. They wouldn't answer the phone. You had to work with the secretary. And it was so discouraging. I thought, yeah, what have I got myself into? And Becky comes in. She says, what are you doing? I'm saying, I'm calling these doctors. And she said, you want me to take those home with me? I'll call them. Really? Okay. So they were living in, I think, Greensboro at the time. 
So she took the stack and a week later she came back and she had called every one of them and had notes written about what they said and what they would do and not do. And, and I had a stack more. I said, Becky, thank you, that's great. You want to take these? <laughs> and she said, okay. And then <laughs> I said, Becky, why don't you all just come up here and help me? Well, they went back and prayed about it, put their house on the market, and the first person that came in to look at the house bought it. Then Ed thought to himself, well, maybe I didn't ask enough money. <laughs> but they moved. Ed and Becky came. And so I can't mention Becky's name without mentioning Ed, because he was such a support to Becky. And all these years, Becky has been here. And uh, so, so grateful for Becky. We had a man by the name of George Johnston. George's uh, wife was passed. Uh, his uh, son had died. And he was managing uh, Coral Ridge Presbyterian Church down in Florida. And he, they had been a, a big construction project there. They built a new sanctuary. And so um, that job was kind of done. He was looking for something else to do. And Fred Diner, uh, Ted Diner's father, called me and said, I know a guy who might want to come help you. All right? Well, George came. And George kind of gave us a little bit of, again, I'm just out of school, right? I don't know a whole lot. I just know what I don't know. And, uh, and so George came in and brought some, some just business principles and kind of laid a, a, a very simple business foundation for us. And how grateful when I think of George, I can't not think of Shirley Dotson and Pat Pilkington and those that worked with him. Um, and then Phyllis. Um, Phyllis, and then I can't mention Phyllis without mentioning John. Uh, because John always was an encouragement to Phyllis. And so when Phyllis would leave here at the office, sometimes late at night, well, she carried the work home. And uh, sometimes John was helping Phyllis to get caught up on the things that were in front of us. And then uh, Mr. Capon uh, came into the organization uh, as an advisor, uh, helped us not only lay a, a financial foundation, but a foundation of excellence. And, and that's what I've always wanted. I want, if we're going to represent the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, let's do it right. Let's do it well. Doesn't mean that we don't make mistakes. We, we've made mistakes. But we, we fix those mistakes when we find them. We correct them. We don't allow them to, to exist. And so I'm so grateful for people like Phyllis who came, and she has a, a very high standard. And... Um, you don't mess up. Uh, she'll let you know. And, uh, but that is what I appreciate so much. And then uh, God uh, gave a lady by the name of Donna Tony, uh, Donna, to be a, an executive assistant. Uh, very professional, always dotting every I, crossing every T. And uh, again, just very, and would work late at night, didn't matter what the job was, she wouldn't go home till it was done. And then, of course, uh, Paula Woodring had been with us almost since the beginning. And uh, Gail Dotson and Brenda, tremendous help to me. 
then Brian Willis. Now, he's quit a couple of times, but uh, uh, he always comes back. And so we're grateful for, for Brian. And so when you look back over the years, I just see the team of people that God has put around me and have stayed. And the contributions they make. And then as our work began to grow, uh, Kenny Isaacs came into the picture. And I met him down at uh, a hardware store, or Boone Rental. And the guy that ran Boone Rental at that time said, dude, uh, I want to introduce you to a guy here by the name of Ken Isaacs. All right, hi, Ken. Yeah, he's just drilled some wells in Africa. I think it's Togo or somewhere. Really? OK, that's cool. Man. Kenny said, yeah, if you ever need wells drilled, just uh, call me. I'd love to, love to help you. Thanks, all right. Had no clue that my well at my house, would, or I had a spring and it dried up, and I needed a well. I called Dewey Wright, and Dewey said, well, Franklin, we'll try to get to you about six weeks. We've got a lot of people we're drilling for. I said, Mr. Wright, I can't wait six weeks. I need water today. He said, well, let me send my son-in-law out there. Maybe he'll drill it for you. So that's how Kenny came out, drilled the first well. And then a few months later, um, Jack Eckert of Eckert Drugstores gave us money to drill, well, to drill wells in Ethiopia. And I needed a truck and all the stuff that went with it, so I called Kenny. And Kenny said, I'll do it. And I said, well, Kenny, you, you'll have, Carolyn will have to go with you. Oh, she won't go over there. I said, Kenny, if you don't go, I mean, she don't go, you don't go. Well, you'll have to talk to her. When she came in my office, she had her arms folded. <laughs> she didn't say, kiss my foot. She didn't say, no, she just glared at me. And then I, and they both smoked. And I said, by the way, you'll have to quit smoking. She just stared at me like, I can't believe I'm having this conversation. So she left. Um, <laughs> She didn't say nothing. She didn't say nice to talk to you or anything. But I found out later as she walked through the front door of the office, she took her cigarettes out of her purse, crumpled them up, and threw them in the trash can. And uh, Kenny and Carolyn went to Ethiopia. And uh, when that project was done, uh, we needed a projects director. Kenny came to me and he said, Frank, I think I can do that job. Well, Kenny, I don't know, well, all right, we'll try out. And so that's how we got started with some of our projects and done an incredible job. And of course, uh, Luther with our North American Ministries, how he's taken that and developed it. And Jim Harrelson and Grace uh, with Operation Christmas Child. And uh, Todd Chastain uh, ran that the first year or two uh, before Jim Harrelson uh, took over that responsibility. And you look back over the years and just see how each person has come and how God has used that person and has brought their gifts and has taken it to a level that I could never have dreamed of. Just take it up to a higher, higher level. It's just incredible. And I look back and I just say, God, thank you. And then there are people like Stan Smith, who's buried out in front of Phyllis's office. Stan 
was our maintenance department before we had a maintenance department. He cut the grass. He shoveled snow. He raked leaves by himself. And he worked in a white shirt and white sneakers. And he never got dirty. I don't know how he did it. Um, incredible guy. Then we have Mama Jean and Granddaddy uh, Furman. Granddaddy Furman, Dick Furman's daddy, worked here as a volunteer until he was 90-something. And he would come work in the mailroom and help count the money, work with Gene Smitherman. And on Mondays, uh, he couldn't come because he was counting the offering at First Baptist Church. And uh, he always said, well, I've got to go down and count real money. He called the offering real money. Uh, <laughs> but he was a lot of fun and a great, great help into his 90s. Mr. Capon today is in his 90s, still serving, still making a contribution to the, the ministries. And then just in my office, um, over the years, uh, Renee Winkler and Jackie and Dolores and the team of ladies who try to help me stay focused, uh, on time, reminding me of what I had promised or what I had said. And uh, sometimes I say, I didn't say that. Yeah, you did say that. <laughs> and um, it's just a great great team of God. And here's the thing. It's been godly men and women, okay? A team of people that put God first. And then to Ron and Susan for the help that they give in the management. And it's always dangerous when you name names because you, you may forget a name. And I haven't forgotten names. We just got too many names. But every person here plays a role, okay, a role. All of this fits together like a big mosaic, and we're able to accomplish things for the kingdom. Bob Pierce was an evangelist. Samaritan's Purse is about evangelism. If we ever take our eyes off that, then I think God will remove his hand of blessing. This is about leading people to Christ. It's about discipleship. Yes, when storms come, we, we're there to help. But we're there to help in Jesus' name. People are hungry and we're feeding. We're there in Jesus' name. In the early days, USAID and some of these groups uh, avoided us like the plague. Oh, those are Christians. And uh, they wouldn't want to work with us. So, okay, we'll just work anyway. God gave us the money, we'd do it. And after a while, they started coming to us, asking, well, would you do this project, or would you give, do this if we give the money? Okay. Well, you can't, you can't tell them about Jesus. Oh, yes, we can. We, we won't use your money to do it, but yes. That's who we are. And if they ever said, we're not going to fund you, 
unless you quit preaching, I'm not going to take a dollar from them. Not a penny. Because God will give it to us. Don't need it. God will give it. And I'd rather work with a little with his blessing than just go after lots of money and not be able to share our faith. So we are where we are today because of God. Just because of God. But I thank God for the foundation that Bob Pierce gave us. Again, Bob was an evangelist. He had a heart for the world. He really did. I've never met anybody quite like Bob Pierce. He could, he could move people's hearts. His heart would be moved. And his kind of motto was, Lord, break my heart with the things that break your heart. And I think that's the way we always should be. Lord, break our heart with what breaks your heart. So as we close this morning and we go to prayer, we look at the world that's in front of us. What are the face, what's the crises today? We have this virus out there. So many people are afraid. Well, we don't need to be afraid. We know who holds our life, don't we? And we know that one day our lives are going to come to an end. And if it's because of a virus, so be it. Or if we get run over by a truck, so be it. Or if we die of old age in our bed at home, so be it. Every breath, every heartbeat, everything comes from God. We don't need to be afraid. The world's afraid, but we don't need to be afraid. We don't want to be stupid. We want to wash our hands and protect ourselves as best we can, but be ready for action. And my prayer is, Lord, how can you use us with this virus? Is there any way we can be of an encouragement or help people around the world? That's what I hope pray. We need to pray for the people of China. They've got a great problem, huge problem. We need to be praying for them. We're in an election year. Our country is so divided. We need to pray for the president. We need to pray for those that are in Congress, our leaders. We've got people that want to take our country into socialism. And uh, that's frightening. For me it is, because I saw what the socialists did in Cuba, what they've done in Venezuela, what they did in Eastern Europe, what they did in Russia. That's very frightening to me. Many people in our country want to take us into socialism. And if that's where our country ends up, so be it. That I'm not going to change who I am. I'm going to keep preaching. We're going to keep helping people. And we're going to do it in the name of Jesus. Socialism wants to support homosexuality, force Christian organizations to hire people that don't agree with what we agree with. I'll quit hiring people if I'm forced to do that. We'll just stop and we'll just slowly shrink. But I'm not going to compromise. won't do it. God will give us a way. He will give us a way. But we want to be pure in our hearts. And as an organization, we want to be pure before God. So 
the Lord has given this organization 50 years. How many years have I been here? 40 years, Phyllis? So 40. Now, I don't know if God will give me another 10 years, if he'll give me another 20, if he gives me another year. I don't know. But whatever life I have, I'm just going to keep doing the same thing I'm doing. I had a board member once ask me what my five-year plan was. He was a new board member. Five-year plan? I don't know what we're going to do tomorrow. And he just was shocked. I said, we respond to crises. I mean, a tornado may rip through Alabama tonight, and, and that's where we focus. There could be another tsunami somewhere in Asia. Let's, we're going to be focused on that. We always want to be ready to respond in Jesus' name. So that's what we're going to keep doing. Operation Christmas Child, we're going to try to continue to reach as many kids as we can. Uh, in Saipan, we were at a little school and they're doing a distribution. And the girl there uh, who did the presentation, the best I've ever heard. And I hope uh, Jim Harrelson, we need to hire that girl. <laughs> I'm telling you, she was just the best. And then she was in the teaching the greatest journey. Again, she, she was just the best I've ever I've heard. Now, there's a lot of other people out there that teach it, but she was incredible. So you're always learning, always meeting people who know how to kick it up a notch better. And when we meet those people that know how to kick it up a notch, I try to hire them. Uh, so that's good. But let's go to prayer. Let's, uh, let's remember to thank God for what he's done, for his goodness, for his faithfulness, and for the people that he's brought into this organization. And, and pray for the people that he's going to bring into this organization in the future that we don't even know. I remember praying for my children and who they would marry while they were still young in school. You know, I didn't know who Will was going to marry or who Sissy was going to marry or Roy. I didn't know, but we prayed. And God has given us a, I've got a great son-in-law and great daughter-in-laws. But it's important to pray. So let's pray for those staff members that will be coming at some point in the future, that God would give us the best of the best so we can honor him till the day the Lord comes back. So let's go to prayer. And thank you. I hope you enjoyed hearing about the foundation of the ministry and were encouraged to keep serving the Lord with Samaritan's Purse. You are such a valuable part of this organization. I love remembering and looking back at how God has equipped and called each person to accomplish His purposes. And I love Franklin's humility and the way that he has led the organization relying on God for His instruction. I think of Joshua and the way he reminded the Israelites to stay faithful to God and not to get distracted by the world, but to allow God and His Word to be our guide. I will close with Joshua 1, 7 through 9. Only be strong and very courageous, that you may observe to do according to the law which Moses, my servant, commanded you. Do not turn from it to the right hand or to the left, that you may prosper wherever you go. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, 
but you shall meditate in it day and night, that you may observe to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous, and you will have good success. Have I not commanded you, be strong and of good courage. Do not be afraid, nor be dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Thank you for tuning in today. I pray that you are encouraged and strengthened as we look back over the 50 years of ministry and continue serving in the strength and courage of the Lord. As we enter March, we are celebrating one year of ministry with Invited In. Thank you for joining us as we spotlight the people that God has called to the ministry and reflect on what God is doing in and through Samaritan's Purse. We would love your feedback. Please let us know what you want to hear in the future and questions you might have. Send your questions and feedback to invitedin at samaritan.org. To close today, we thought it would be great to share Dennis Agajanian, who opened devotions that day with a couple songs, and he has traveled the world with Franklin and has such a heart for the gospel. So we thought you'd enjoy hearing one of his songs as we close today. Have a great week. Dennis Agajanian, when we closed out our office in California after Bob Pierce had died and a year had gone by and the board had asked me to take the organization, the organization was... Bob's three secretaries and uh, his little office there in Hollywood and Vine. That's where the office was at uh, a bank building on like the fourth or fifth floor. And there's just uh, three rooms. And so I decided we're going to move everything here to Boone. Um, And of course the three secretaries had already quit. So Dennis came over and helped me. We got a rider truck and we, un- we moved the entire office, the two of us, into that rider truck. And um, along with Fred Durston and we came across country. So uh, Dennis is here with us and going to ask him to, to play for a few minutes. Good morning. shines the sun. I've got a home in glory land. Out shines the sun. I've got a home in glory land. Out shines the sun. Way beyond the blue. Well, to Lord, to Lord, do remember me. To Lord, to Lord, do remember me. To Lord, to Lord, do remember me. Way As my savior, you take him too. I took Jesus as my savior, you take him too. I took Jesus as my savior, you take him too. Way beyond the blue. Let's sing it now. 